You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning. Buenos dias. Welcome to the Los Angeles International Church of Christ. It's great to be with you this morning. We are uh, in continuing of our parables that Jesus told. My name is Robert Carrillo. And I serve here in the metro region of the Los Angeles International Church of Christ. And I want to welcome you, family. It's great to have everybody from Metro. Greetings to all of you. And greetings to Montel. And everybody else out there watching. Greetings to our family up in San Francisco that's watching. Great to have you guys with us. And anybody from anywhere else, work friends, family, from any city, because I know we got a lot of people watching from all over the place. Please send a note. Tell us where you're from. Tell us where you're watching from. So we get an idea of where people are at that are watching this. It's great to be together. It's great to have you with us. And we've been doing a fantastic study of Jesus' parables, which are loaded with so much that is so important to us and our lives and, 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 and as disciples of Jesus, how we live our lives. So we're going to go to God in prayer and we're going to jump right on in. Let's, let's pray. Father God, as we, uh, take this time to stop and study your word, please help us just to settle our hearts, settle our minds, help us to take a deep breath right now and just, uh, focus on you, on your word and what we're doing. God, help us to have humble minds and humble hearts so that we can be filled with your word, so that we can be transformed by your word, so that we can be challenged or inspired, whatever our need is. God, please let your spirit move powerfully through this time. And uh, Father, what a sacred time to be able to just stop and study your word. We thank you for it. Please bless our study in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we continue with our uh, series that we're in Matthew 13. And wow, you know, this is, <laughs> this is such an incredible, uh, uh, s- chapter because as you know, we've already, we've already been in this chapter, uh, for several, uh, parables, the parable of the sower, the parable of the treasure, the parable of the, per- of the pearl. And now we're reading the parables of the seed, um, the mustard seed and leaven. And so we'll jump right on in here, beginning in verse 31. And, and what's also significant to note is, is this parable, this one in particular, is in all three Gospels. It's in all three of them, which, you know, there's not a lot, you know, there's, 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 not everything is in all three Gospels, you know. And when I say all three, I mean the synoptic Gospels, meaning the, the, the original three, and then of course later came John. But, um, but that's significant that it's in three different gospels. Many of the parables are only in one or two gospels. This, this one is in all three. So it's kind of a trifecta here that we got to understand this and catch the importance of it for our lives and for the lives, for the life of the church. So beginning right now, right now in chapter 13, actually we'll begin in verse 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. So two parables, they're very closely associated, tied together. Both of them, once again, in the family of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven parables, right? Basilea ho uranos. 
This is the kingdom of heaven. We've been doing a, a study series at midweeks to talk about the attributes of the kingdom. This is another parable where Jesus is trying to help us understand what the kingdom of God is all about. This was a major topic in Jesus' ministry. It's what he became, came preaching. He didn't say, he didn't say repent and believe because I'm here. He said, repent and believe because the kingdom of God is near. It's what he came to bring. It's the purpose. It's one of his purposes for even being here with us was to set up the kingdom of God. So it's, it's very important that we understand the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven is not it's not a kingdom that's in heaven, it's a kingdom from heaven. And that's important to know because a lot of people think that it's a kingdom in heaven. No, it's a kingdom here and now, but it's from heaven. And, and, and that is important. The word, the word heaven is Uranos, which actually, if you notice, one of our planets is named after it because it was blue and pretty. And so they called it Uranos or Uranus, right? It's one of our planets. But, but the kingdom of, of heaven or the kingdom of God is incredibly important for us to understand as disciples because this is what our life is supposed to be all about. This is what is supposed to be priority in our lives is the kingdom of heaven and living as kingdom people in a kingdom life, right? So Basilea, kingdom, Uranus, heaven, kingdom of heaven. So we read, there's two, there's two analogies he gives us, the mustard seed and the leaven. And I have a picture here. I, 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 I forgot to grab some mustard seed, but I got a picture here for you to show you how tiny it is. It's, it's just a tiny little seed. It doesn't seem very significant. It doesn't seem very prominent in the world of seeds. It's just a little tiny seed. And then you got leaven over here, which is, that's not even actually a picture of leaven. That's actually a picture of wheat that has leaven in it. And, and the wheat that has leaven is saved. And this leaven can be passed from generation to generation to leaven bread, to, to be the yeast that leavens the bread. And so that bread will rise and we have bread instead of just a tortilla all the time, right? So, so, these are the two analogies he uses, and he, and he wants us to understand important concepts about the kingdom of God. So here we go. What do we see? Well, we see the the the, mostas, the, 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 the mustard seed. We see it's tiny, right? Pretty insignificant. Seemingly very unimportant. It's not like it's red flashing light or something. It's just a seed, right? If we saw it on the ground, we wouldn't stop and pick it up. If we saw it on the table, we'd probably brush it off onto the floor. It's unassuming. It appears rather insignificant. There's nothing that you look at and think, oh, wow, this is really valuable. It's just not. It seems powerless. I mean, what could that little, look at that little seed. What could that seed do, really? There's no visible source of power. It's not plugged into the wall. It has no battery attached to it. What is that seed going to do? And yet it is transformative. It impacts everything. You, if you've ever had a big tree grow by your house, it'll, it'll actually crush a wall. It'll uproot. It'll turn over a sidewalk. It'll go right through a pool. It'll, it'll, a tree can, will impact everything around it. It will change everything. And it can be a very much a blessing, right? It can improve life. It can bring shade to your home. It's nothing, especially if you live in a desert, there's nothing like having a huge tree of shade. The temperature can drop dramatically where we can sit under and have dinner outside and enjoy even though it's, despite its heat outside. And he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. So I want you to think about that. The kingdom of God 
it's in one sense it's tiny, it's small. I mean, you think about it, in the millions and millions of people on this planet, how many of us are citizens of the kingdom of God? It's a tiny little number, seemingly insignificant number of people, unassuming. I mean, when after Jesus had a ministry of three years, he preached to thousands of people, but how many disciples did he have at the end of his ministry? Well, Acts chapter 1 tells us he had 120. Now, by many standards, that would be a failure. That'd be like, what went wrong? After three years of preaching and teaching, you only had 120 disciples? Yet that 120 changed the world. That what that 120 started doing impacts us 2,000 years later. That is not powerless. That is, in fact, very powerful. Although it has no visible source of power, the kingdom of God is very powerful. It's incredibly powerful. It is transformative. It totally changes everything. It changed my life. It changed my wife's life. It's changed my kid's life. It's going to change my granddaughter's life already. It changes everything. It changes my friendships. It changed my career. It changed how I see the world. It changed the trajectory of my life. If I look back in my life, and I have a divorce, addictions, alcoholism, all that stuff. All these dysfunctions that I look at my family were handed from generation to generation to generation. And because of Jesus, that stops with me. And I'm not handing that to my kids. Now it's up to them to stay in the kingdom of God and to, and to be right with God. That's in their hands, but, but I'm not handing that to them. It's transformed everything. It's a blessing. Right? I've learned how to be a man who walks with God. I've learned how to be a husband. I've learned how to be a friend. I've learned how to be a father. I've learned how to, how to go through this life in a way that not only pleases God, but it's a good life. And despite the many challenges and tragedies, and I've been through them, through the many hardships and pains of life, and yet been able to get through them because of the kingdom of God. So it may seem like nothing, but it is a hidden treasure. It is a fine pearl. And though it may seem tiny and insignificant, it slowly becomes huge. And how it affects me, and how it affects the people around me, and my ability to be able to help people and have a meaningful life that makes a difference. Maybe not money, maybe not career, maybe not, maybe not possessions, but in what really counts, in love, in, in, in peace, in, in compassion, in being able to serve and make a difference. And we cannot despise the small things. I love this scripture in Zechariah 4. He says, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. You see, the, 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 the people of Israel, had, were, uh, the Jews were coming back and they were rebuilding the city and rebuilding the temple. And it, was, it had fallen, it had been destroyed, it had been desecrated. And they were rebuilding it. And when the people saw the, even, even when it was finished, when they saw the temple, they wept. Because it wasn't as big, it wasn't as nice as it used to be. And God warns them, don't despise small things or small beginnings. 
Because it was only the beginning. And sometimes we can do that. We can think, oh, but our church is so small. There's so few of us. And I only have a few friends. And, and I haven't done much. And da 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 And we can despise the things that God has when they're still small. But keep in mind the mustard seed. Although it's tiny, it grows and becomes so much more. And that is how the kingdom of God works. That's what he's trying to show us. He's happy, he says, because I see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. What does that mean? I see the brothers working. I see the sisters working. I see the family of God striving to be what they need to be, to be that light to the world, to make a difference in their life, but also in the lives around them, in their families' lives, in their neighbors' lives, in their roommates' lives, in their schoolmates' lives. To make a difference, to be different and make a difference. That little seed grows up and becomes this huge tree. When it grows, he said, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. That's the way the kingdom of God is supposed to work. That's what is supposed to happen. That's how it works. That though it's small at the beginning, though it's little. I mean, churches start out very small. And they go through ups and downs. And sometimes they get big and then they get small again. But that doesn't mean it's over. And they can grow again. Sometimes we are big in in the kingdom and then we shrink back. And we need to grow again because that is the nature of the kingdom of God. It keeps growing. And imagine how valuable this tree is in the desert on hot days. To be able to just sit in the shade and enjoy it. It says even the birds come and sit in its branches. It's, it gives life, it gives relief, it gives blessing to everybody around it. That's what the kingdom of God is supposed to be like. That's what it's supposed to be like. That's what Jesus said it is like when we're in the kingdom of God. When we're living the kingdom life. When we're sowing to the kingdom. We are that blessing. And we grow like that tree. And we have impact all around us. And then he says the other part, the leaven. And the leaven is, is, is a, you know, in Hebrew it's hametz. It's what you put in bread. It changes the bread, right? In, the, in the, what was it? it said 60 pounds of, of wheat and of masa, what did I say? Masa, of, of uh, dough. And you put it in there and you, and, and you, and you, and you need it and it, and the, the leaven just spreads. The yeast spreads and it affects all of it. And now you have what it takes to make bread. And boy, there's a whole lot of symbolism right there. The bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. But the leaven is the kingdom of God. That's us. That's, that's God in us. You know, Jesus said, the kingdom is neither here nor there. It's within you. The kingdom is not belonging to the church. The church, the kingdom is, is who we are in our hearts and in our minds and ascribing to the things of God and that we try to live the way God wants us to live. And we walk the path of Jesus and we seek it first. That's the kingdom. And though that may seem small and insignificant, only one person, but that one person impacts everybody around them. And that one person can change everything. And that's what Jesus is trying to communicate to us, right? That though this is a tiny thing and seemingly unimportant, it is actually in reality the most important thing. Although it is unassuming and unpretentious, it doesn't appear significant. In fact, the truth is, it doesn't appear. It's invisible. You you can't even see it. You can't see the yeast. 
But it's there. Those little microbes, they're there and they're doing their work. And they change the whole batch of dough. And what we see is the impact. The impact. That's what reveals the kingdom of God. Is the impact in our life. It's what happened to us when we got baptized. And we were ushered into the kingdom of God. And everything changed. Our lives changed. How we think about things changed. How we see things changed. What we were doing changed. That's the beginning. And that's supposed to keep happening. And it works from within. It doesn't work from without. It's not something done to us. It's something that happens inside us. That's the way yeast is. It's not like you... It's, it, it's, the yeast works in through the dough before you even put it in the oven. So that in the oven it can rise. But it's already done its work inside. And the work of the kingdom of God is in our heart and in our minds. And it is a catalyst that changes everything. It changed my entire life. It changed my trajectory. It changed the, 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 the dysfunction that was being handed down generation to generation. It changed everything in my life. And it changed your life. And it should keep changing because it is the kingdom of God. It's what happens to us. It changes the world that we live in. The world that we're a part of. And how we see the world. And what's going on around us. It changes everything. The world could look like this. <laughs> Gangs and anger and hatred and violence and crime. Or it could look like this. People loving each other. People supporting one another. This was Karina, Michelle and I's niece, getting baptized just a few days ago, last week. And I, and I love this picture because there's so much joy here. There's so much excitement here. There's so much vision for the future. There's so much excitement and gratitude and everything God wants us to feel. It's right there in that group. Look at their faces. It's all right there. God is smiling when he sees that. Because that's what the kingdom of God is all about. If we get it, if we understand it. If we recognize the treasure, if we seek the pearl with all we got, if we put everything into achieving that, if we understand and are patient that it takes a while, we understand that it's just a little tiny thing right now, but it's going to grow and it's going to advance and it's going to affect others. It's going to affect me and it's going to affect everybody around me. And to have that vision, that kind of faith to see what can happen in the kingdom of God, do not despise small things. Do not despise what is not happening. Do not despise what is not. But appreciate what is. And appreciate the promise of the kingdom of God. The life that he has out there for us. And know this, that it's, it's, it's there for us. You know, in, in 1981, Michelle became a Christian at 17 years old. She was younger than Karina is now. And she had no idea where her life was going or what was going to happen in her life. 1983, I got baptized. I was 19. By then, Michelle had been a Christian two years, and she was 19. And God, we had no idea that God would send us to Mexico City, and then from Mexico City to Miami, then Miami to Puerto Rico, then Puerto Rico to Jamaica, and Jamaica to New York, and then finally get to come back. 
And when we went to those cities, you know, we got to see a lot of people become Christians. We got to baptize tons of people in Mexico, Miami, in Puerto Rico, Jamaica, New York, and then back in San Diego. And that was wonderful. But the hard thing was that, that we hadn't seen any of our families become Christians. And, and, and of course we were bouncing around the globe. We weren't around them to have that impact, but we got back to San Diego in 2004. 2005, our daughter Alexis was baptized. 2006, our Aunt Mary. 2006, Grandma. Then Elena, our daughter. Then Andrew, our son. Then my nephew, Mikey. Then my cousin, John. My cousin, Gloria. And last week, Karina was baptized. See, it's, it's that leaven. It's just spreading through. That's not all my family, but there's a whole lot more people that I want to see baptized still. It's not done. It's not done. And that's partially what Jesus was saying. Don't despise it. It takes time. Be patient, persevere, understand the value of it, but make sure you're being in the kingdom. Make sure you're being that leaven, that you're allowing the leaven of Jesus to change you and change others around you. Because God is trying to change the world. And, And what this has done, what the kingdom of God has done is it's taught us to love to forgive each other. And listen, we're not a perfect family by any means. We have our issues. We have our challenges. But we're learning to love. We're learning to forgive. We're learning to be close. We're learning to persevere with each other. We're learning to share our sufferings. To serve each other. My kids have gone through things that I had so hoped they would never have to go through. But we're there for each other. To support each other. Even when some of them have done bad spiritually. To be there for them and to help them. And not stop loving them. And and to hold each other's arms up. To carry each other's burdens. We're learning what it really means to be family. And how to truly love each other deeply. And these are all the same lessons. That the church is learning. As the family of God. As the people of God. We're learning to love, to forgive, to be close, to persevere and not quit on each other, to share our suffering, su- suffering with each other, to serve each other, to, to support each other through thick and thin, to carry each other's burdens, what it really means to be family. We're still learning that. That's all kingdom stuff. That's all what the kingdom is about and how to truly love each other deeply and be the family of God. What the world desperately needs. But we got to see it. Do you see it? Do you see the treasure in the field? Do you recognize the pearl of great value it is? And I'm sad to say not everybody will. Even people in our fellowship will not. Because they're so busy being religious. They're so busy fulfilling their own views and their own vision, they don't catch the vision of God, of the kingdom of God. But be the one who gets it. Don't be what Jesus said in that very same chapter later on. Don't be the one who's ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Don't be the one, the subject of the kingdom that's thrown out while prostitutes and and tax collectors take their seat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Be the one who gets it and understands. And be the one who's devoted to this. Be in the kingdom of God. And don't let anything stop you. Not a fight. Not an issue. And certainly none of the world's problems. We're the solution. Not the problem. 
We're the solution. But you got to know who you are. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That's who we are. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. We have a series called Be the Church, right? That's Be the Kingdom. Where there is love. Where there is unity. Not because we all think alike. Not because we're all on the same political side. Not because we're all on the same philosophical side. Not because we all see the same social issues. But because there's love. Because there's respect. Because there's a a, a hunger for justice. There's a hunger for righteousness. Things to be right. Because there's a heart of compassion. Because there's forgiveness. Because we need a lot of forgiveness. Just to get through these times. Because there's purity. We don't allow ourselves to be corrupted or overly influenced by the world. Or by any wind of teaching or philosophy. Except the scriptures. Which do not command us to be true to ourselves. They command us to be true to God. We sow for peace, not for division. We put peace in high priority. And it is not actually even a goal. It's the fruit of love and respect and forgiveness. And most of all, we're all about love because love covers a multitude of sins. And love is what God is. And that's the king. That's what Jesus was trying to paint a picture. Because the world was full of so much garbage religion. Well, you're more worried about your group and what group you're in and is my group the right group and everybody else's group is wrong and, and, and I look good because I follow the rules and, and I do what I have to do and da, da 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 and I check, check, check all the requirements of my religion. That's not what it's about. And that's what Jesus was trying to show them. Something far greater, a religion of the heart. That is the way of the kingdom. That's what the kingdom is all about. And yeah, it can be real small sometimes. Seemingly insignificant. Seemingly invisible sometimes. I don't see it, bro. It's there. It's there. As long as there are people reading their Bibles and praying and trying, it's there. Trust me. Trust God. Don't trust me. Trust God. It's there. Can you see it? Can you trust God? Can you put your faith in Him? And give your heart to him. Can you see the metro region with 5,000 members? 50 different evangelists preaching the gospel. 50 women's ministry leaders. 100 elders. 300 deacons taking care of the business of the church. 500 Bible talk leaders leading group dynamic groups that that are in the word, having a great time. 700 campus students. On every campus in LA, UCLA, USC, Long Beach, all over. That, wait, wait, bro, those aren't our, our regional camp. Don't worry about it. A thousand singles and over 50 weddings in a year. Can you see that? That's, that's that mustard seed. No, it's not, it's not there yet. This is what Reese was talking about, the now, not yet. But you gotta believe, you gotta see, you've got to see it. At least see the potential of it. Of what God is doing. I, it doesn't even take that much faith for me. Because I've seen it happen. 
And when there was 18 of us sitting in a living room talking about building a great church in Mexico City, and now there's, I don't even know how many, four or 5,000 people in Mexico City. And another four or 5,000 churches, four or 5,000 members in churches that have been planted by Mexico City. I remember the last Devo I went to in San Diego, all the campus got in a circle. We all prayed that a church would be planted in L.A. And now there's over 4,000 here. I don't even know how many, but a lot. So yes, it can happen. Even from a tiny seed. It could happen with one disciple. Like the, like the discussion Abraham said, God, would you save a city for one man? For 10 men, for 30 men, but he went the other way. It can happen. But you've got to believe in the kingdom of God. And you've got to seek it first. And don't let anybody rob you from that. And don't get half, don't be half in the world and half seeking other stuff and half seeking the kingdom. Seek it first. Make it your priority. The San Francisco group. I know you guys are watching. I want you to see, see in your mind's eye the vision of what that little seed could be. 500 members, five ministry couples serving and preaching the word. Elders and deacons and marrieds and singles and thriving teens and campus ministries at Berkeley and, and, and all the different beautiful, amazing campuses you have. Stanford, all of them around there. And a church that's thriving, full of people who love God and love each other. That is the vision God is trying to paint. Can you catch it? Can you see that? Do not despise small things. You are a small thing right now. But you are the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God does not stay small. Not if it's the kingdom of God. So what do we know? The seed tells us the kingdom will grow. And it's going to be great. When, Robert? Well, let God work on the timing. But a lot depends on how kingdom-minded we are, how much he can use. Jesus went in his own town, couldn't do many miracles. Why? Because there's lack of faith. So let's be faithful. So God can just do whatever he wants. Let's be radically faithful. Let's be radically devoted to God's will. Like you did, like you were the first week you came out of the waters of baptism. And like the leaven, we know it starts and it stops in here. It's what happens here it's going to determine how much can happen out here around me and the impact I'll be able to have on friends, family, co-workers, co-students, neighbors, everybody around me. And I know we can't do everything, can't change everything, but there are things we can do. And are we doing what we can do? Don't worry about what we can't do. Focus on what you can do. And what you can do is be the kingdom of God. Be the kingdom of God. Let God grow the seed. How in the world does that little round ball become that huge tree? I can't explain it, but I know it happens. How in the world is this little group of people going to change the world? Who would have said that? That 120 disciples would change the world, but they did. They did. And there's a world to change And we don't know when Jesus is going to come back. He might not come back for a thousand years. He might come back this afternoon. He might not come back for another thousand years. And where will the church be? Where will your family be? Where will your friends be? That, the question's about the kingdom.
So be the kingdom of God. God bless you. Buen camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 